Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. <clears throat> All right. How are you doing, sir? Sir Reggie? Sir Reggie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still in the uh, the aftermath of the coronation. I had fun watching that. It was a little slow, though. <laughs> it was more interesting for the intrigue behind the scenes than it was for the actual ceremony. But eh. And now it's done. And now Charles is king, right? And so that's it. <laughs> We'll see him, you know, wave some hands and stuff on balconies for the next 15 or 20 years. And then then the hullabaloo will be about, uh, you know, William and everybody and Kate. William will probably be close to 60 when he uh, when he takes over, potentially. I mean, once again, I don't know. But regardless, okay. <laughs> Let's focus, okay. <laughs> Are you ready to go? I am. Obviously, I'm already talking. I'm doing a show, and we haven't even started yet. <laughs> no one hears this, though, so just between you and me, Sir Reg. Anyway, are you ready? Episode 364, put it in the book. Let's do the, let's do the usual thing, all right? Blah, 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 blah. Ready? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Star, smile, strong. Ready? Let's get serious now. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. But of course, just listening does not cut it. Not in this barracks. Not in this battalion. Not in this unit. You got to get out there. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podcast. And it should be theirs too. That loyalty, that devotion, that discipline. It's what every soldier should have. <laughs> if you like what you hear, don't forget, you could go to WGNRadio.com. You go to the prompt for the podcast. There you will find another prompt for this podcast. And my goodness, the riches will be flowing. Podcast after podcast, you will be... Steamrolled by so many podcasts. Just keep scrolling. Just keep listening and scrolling down, scrolling down, clicking, scrolling, clicking, clicking, scrolling. Oh, it's always good to hear where we've been so you know where we're going. Right now, we're going to episode 364. So, uh, a lot of interesting news over the past week or so. 
We had the coronation. I talked about that a few podcasts ago. I don't know about you. Uh, I did get up at 4 o'clock to watch it, but I did thankfully have the safety valve of recording it because um, I basically kept falling asleep and waking up and ultimately woke up when I saw the gold-gilded carriage leaving Westminster Abbey and then going back to Buckingham Palace. So I really, I saw them leave Buckingham Palace. It was funny. I, I, I saw them leave Buckingham Palace in the smaller, less garish, less elaborate carriage. And I saw that one and I was like, okay, now that's not, that's not that one carriage that I've seen Queen Elizabeth riding in. What's so regal about that? I've got, I've got a carriage that's nicer than that in my garage. Well, I guess they didn't, you know, they they figured that they would go in the smaller, less elaborate carriage to the palace since they weren't officially king and queen yet. And then after they were officially anointed and officially crowned, then they would drive in this big, elaborate, golden, gilded, sculpted carriage. Which they did. So I saw the low-rent carriage as they came out of Buckingham Palace gates. And I've stood at those gates many times. That's pretty cool to think about that. And then uh, I was kind of, you know, draw, you know in, in and out, kind of nodding off, in and out. And I'd see a little and then... You know, they're walking in, and, and then I just fell asleep for a good hour and a half or so. And I woke up at one point and saw, uh, I saw an orb. <laughs> I saw a specter at one point, and I fell asleep again. And then I woke up, and I saw, you know, Harry in the third row trying to see over that hat that had a feather on it. The poor guy. <laughs> he flies, what? It's got to be uh, it's got to be 15 hours from California to London. I know it takes 8 or 9 from Chicago and it takes another 4 to get to the west coast, so at least 13 hours. He flew all the way there. They put him in the third row and he's sitting behind I think his aunt who has this giant feather on. I think they basically well, it wasn't even a subtle message that they were sending to Harry. <laughs> and he bugged out pretty quick, too. Uh, but so then I woke up for good. And when I woke up ready to say, okay, well, let's see. Hopefully um, I'll see something good here. Maybe I slept through all the uh, the boring stuff and I'll get to see the coronation, the actual crown going on. And when I woke up, there they were in the gilded carriage on their way back i missed it all but i have i did record it and i have watched little bits in there i haven't really sat down and watched the whole thing i think it it lasted i thought it was they talked about it being a streamlined ceremony but i think it still took two hours and a two hour and a half (laughs) and apparently how interesting is this this i found the most interesting of the whole thing william and kate and their three kids apparently held up the whole rigmarole. They were late 
Don't you love that? Millennials, come on, man. Come on. They were late. And and Charles was not happy about it. This thing has been planned to the minute. They were supposed to I mean they they literally had a had a TikTok little uh schedule and they were supposed to arrive at at or the thing was supposed to start at like 10:53. I mean they had this down to the minute. And then Kate and William, the next king is late. If there's any day that you're not supposed to be late, it's for your dad's coronation as King of England. <laughs> Holy cow. What a millennial move that was. That was a, a purely millennial move on on William's part. And then, of course, you know, the the royal watchers and the and the uh, the commentators or the presenters as they're called in the UK. We call them you know hosts. But they are called presenters in the UK. The presenters said, "Well, if anybody anyone who's got kids, you knows how it's hard to get to any place on time." BS. You think William and Kate are raising those kids on a minute-by-minute basis? You think they're running around chasing after them? Put on your sock. Where's your T-shirt? You think think Kate is running around or William are running around chasing after them as the kids are going, running around, I don't want to get dressed, I don't want to go out. You think that's what's going on in that family's house? They have more nannies than you have family members. Are you kidding me? I'm not saying they're they're not involved parents. They are, I'm sure. They seem to be. But my gosh, they are. If if their kids cannot be uh, brought to an event on time, then no one's can. They've got to have a staff of 20. Those kids aren't even dressing themselves, and Kate's not dressing them. They've already got dressers, I'm sure. If you ever watch, uh, you know, The Crown or other shows that, you know, or even, um, uh, you know, Downton Abbey, you know that that the aristocrats had dressers. So you don't think the King of England certainly has a dresser, and I guarantee you that William and Kate and their kids all have dressers and people that help them. If the people on Downton Abbey had that, then I'm sure the king and the future king and queen have that. Sorry, no excuse for Kate and William and their three kids to be late. I don't care if they've got three kids. They are not corralling those kids. Those kids are being catered to by a staff. And if you know that they're a problem, then you get them up two hours earlier. But you you do you are not late to your father's coronation. Sorry. And if this is a harbinger for the next uh, sovereign, if you will, uh, so f- right now, William, in my book, uh, check mark X mark X. This was his real first quasi-kingly thing to do. 
I mean, now he is one step away from the throne. This is it. You know, Charles lived 74 years being that one step away. And William now has lived over 40 years at two steps away. But now he's one step closer. Charles gets a bad cold or something. Boom. We got another coronation. No, Charles is 74 years old. Yes, I understand there's longevity in the family. Philip was 99. The queen was 96 or 97. The queen mother was was over 100. So there's certainly longevity in the Windsor family, but that's no guarantee. How many times do you see that people that have supposed longevity, oh, their parents live this long, boom, they, they get something. That's no, that's no, heredity certainly plays a role, but environment and how you take care of yourself does. I would assume that uh, Charles has been raised like a veal <laughs> for the last 74 years to make sure that he was ready for that day, and he was. Took him a while to get there. But that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, he's going to be around for another 15 or 20 years. But, I mean, think about it. In all actuality, a good 20 years, if he's lucky, right? 94, 95. But this was William's first real in my view, kingly moment. He is next in line now. And he's late. <sighs> Unbelievable. And the funny thing is, that's not even what I, what I even wanted to talk about today. <laughs> but it got my, it got my, uh, got the hairs on the back of my neck all standing up. when I, I'm like, what? He was late. He was late? The future king of England was late? No excuse. Sorry, no excuse. Three kids or not. We don't know whose fault it was. Maybe it was Kate. No, I don't like this hat. No, I'm not. I'm not leaving until I get another hat. I don't know. Maybe it was William. You expect me to to go out with these shoes? I don't know. I don't care. That day, you get up five hours ahead of time. You make sure that if you're supposed to be there at 10.53, you're there at 10.49. How's that? You're not late. We're going to have the... um, the king, the next king is going to be, oh, well, well, you know, there was a big thing about Bill Clinton. He was always late to events. And for a while, no one said anything. And then after a while, it became such a regularity that the press started to to comment on it. Oh, well, yep, Clinton's late again. What is that? What, what's going on? Well, <laughs> I think we might know what's go, what was going on as to why Clinton was late. <laughs> Ask Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> But sorry, you're you're, you're not late to your dad's coronation. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. If you have to, set another alarm clock. Unbelievable. 
So, the, so to me, the future king already has one strike against him. He's a procrastinator, the procrastinating king. I am, I, 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 I am so punctual. I, the unpunctual king. How's that? William the unpunctual. You know how you had, you know, you had Richard the Lionhearted. We're gonna have William the unpunctual. William the late. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hopefully, he works on that in the next, you know, couple of years as he gets ready to take over the throne. Late. Anyway, speaking of late, how was that for a transition? <laughs> late in the in the respect of you know uh, things happening, as I said over the past week, that uh, caught my eye. Not only was the uh, the tardy uh, William the tardy. <laughs> We have King William the Tardy <laughs> shows up late. Speaking of late, I'll try it again. How about late in life fatherhood? Wow, Jim, good transition. Thank you. Yeah, that was another big story. That that in 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 perfect Robert De Niro fashion. I'm a major fan of Robert De Niro, uh, his acting. One of my favorite actors. Watch him in anything. I always wanted to interview him when I was a, a, a an entertainment journalist. However, then when I would see interviews with him, I was not so excited about the prospect because he's really either an introvert he's either very guarded in public uh maybe he's mistrusting of the press i don't know but i have seen him on many in many public events not in person necessarily but just in public events and He's always, it's like pulling teeth to get him to say anything. Just very quiet. I don't know if it's if it's a mystique he likes to create or he's just uncomfortable. I don't know what it is. But regardless, clearly one of the best actors uh, in film. I never saw him on stage. I don't know if he ever even did a play, to be honest with you. Uh a major play after he became, I mean, he, I'm sure he got started in the theater in some way, perhaps in his early career, but I've always seen him in films, but regardless, uh, I will see Robert De Niro in just about anything and always, uh, am entertained. Even if it's a bad movie, he always seems to, 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 to rise above the material. And if he's in a good movie with really good writing, then look out. No question about that. His work with uh, in the films with Martin Scorsese, some of the best ever made. Uh, first came to major prominence for most people in The Godfather Part uh, Two, of which he played the young Vito Corleone and won an Oscar for it, deservedly so. 
Interestingly enough, he auditioned like almost everybody, young young actor in Hollywood at the time. He auditioned for the first Godfather. Did not get cast. Was I think he may have? I think he may have auditioned for the role of Sonny that James Caan got. He didn't get that. I've seen I've seen his screen test. He's very raw. He's very much like he was in Mean Streets, the first film that he did with um with Martin Scorsese. But uh and they actually I think they had offered him perhaps a small role because they still liked him as the guy that winds up getting shot in the in the head who set up uh the godfather and uh gets shot then by clemenza in the back of the head where he has the famous line leave the gun take the cannoli <laughs> and and wisely he turned that down maybe he couldn't take it but they were so impressed with him Maybe not for Sonny that the next Godfather film they made a couple years ago, they pegged him to play Vito Corleone, and then his career just took off. So one of the great actors of all time, no question about that. Um, But like many actors, very, uh, as I said, very eccentric in many ways, and the very interesting, some might say chaotic, if you will, personal life. Not sure why so many actors and actresses have these these chaotic lives. And people say, well, you know, they're creative types and they they're they 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 live by a, a different a different mindset and and their creativity, and they're, they're more open-minded, obviously. And so what would you think is chaotic to them, that's, norm, that's normality. Their, their lives have been filled with chaos from when they were kids. Maybe that's why they became actors. You know, so, many, so, so often you hear about, oh, I never felt or never feel, confident, uh, you know, feel comfortable in my own skin, but I feel comfortable portraying others. So there's all these psychological things, but it, it, you, it, when you look at many celebrities, actors especially, but certainly, uh, you know, performers of any kind, singers, rock stars, a lot of turmoil, a lot of drama. I don't know if that's if they if they enjoy the drama, if they create the drama, if it follows them, but it it, it seems there's very few that have a, a relatively normal, stable life. Even someone like Tom Hanks, who seems to be fairly normal, quote-unquote, even by Hollywood standards. And in fact, he's just written a book, a novel, in fact, which he talks about actors and how they uh, about the making of a movie it's it's fictionalized but it's based on many of his own experiences and he even admits that he 
everyone, Mr. Nice Guy, seemingly Mr. Nice Guy, right? The Jimmy Stewart of his of his generation in in some many respects. Even he admits that that you know he's not always a what you say on best behavior, if you will, or whatever on a set. He gets he gets sucked into the. The better than everyone, you know, expect to be catered, you know, attitude that you hear about in so many actors. And even he, who seems to be the nicest guy on earth. And and I'm not, once again, I'm not using this as any kind of a... Uh, a, 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 a black mark, but but you know he was he was it's, it, you know even he's he's been married now to Rita Wilson for for many years. But even Tom Hanks, you know, he was divorced. Now he met Rita Wilson. They've been married for several years. Seems to have a very happy marriage. Whatever. But uh, but so even Tom Hanks, you know, I mean, you know, today's world, what's normal, right? But so I, certainly, I mean, you know, Tom Hanks was divorced. So there had to be some friction there. Who knows? Big ego? Who knows? But Robert De Niro has a very interesting, uh, you know, personal life. His father was an artist. I think his father was a little eccentric as well. Uh, But he's been... Married, I believe, at least two or three times. And he also has been in long-term relationships. He's got uh, six kids, or so we thought. <laughs> um, he's just had a, he's going, he just was going through a very high-profile divorce a couple of years ago. And that's why this news that popped like last week or so shocked everyone. Robert De Niro is 79 years old, and uh, he was promoting a new project he was in. He's talking to the reporter, and that's what was so interesting about this. As I said before, Robert De Niro historically keeps everything so close to the vest with the press, and it's like pulling teeth to do an interview with him. If you've ever seen him on television being interviewed, he, he it's one or two words and you really have to you really have to keep asking questions and, 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 and trying to get him to respond in some way. But maybe in his old age he's mellowing to the point where he doesn't care anymore, right? What's what what's there to who cares and what's there to, to hide? And I don't really, you know, I'm seventy nine years old. Say what you will, right? I think you get to a point when you get older that you you just who cares about all this stuff? We're you know in our twenties and thirties, we're so in our teens especially, but even our twenties and thirties, we're so worried about outside forces. What are other people doing? What are other people thinking about me? We're always worried about, and you're 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 trying to pre- present this image and and present who you are to the world, and there's all this drama that we create, as I said before, many times. And I think after you, in your, once you get into your 40s, and certainly in your 50s, I, I, I know that I just, you know what? Am I happy? 
I, I'm I, I'm not worried about keeping up with the Joneses. More power to them. If more people are they're they're doing something, you know, they're more successful. Who you know, whatever it is, just be happy in your own skin. What I was talking about before about oh, I wonder why actors have these these kind of turbulent uh, personal lives with. You know, jumping from relationship to relationship or marriage to marriage. My gosh, you hear in, back in the, uh, you know, 40, 50 years ago, Elizabeth Taylor married eight times, Mickey Rooney seven or eight, nine times, you know, Ethel Merman and Ernest Borgnine. Those are probably two names that younger people may have to look up, but they were both huge, huge uh, stars and celebrities in their time. Ethel Merman, the queen uh, of Broadway, if you will. Ernest Borgnine, an, an Oscar-winning actor, they were married for like a day. <laughs> they were married for like some 18 hours. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you don't hear about that in, in, in regular life. And, I, and what's interesting is, I, and I say this to you in, in these observations, I wonder why actors do this, and that here I am, I'm certainly not on the scale and I don't have the the notoriety and the fame and all those other pressures that these people do. So I'm not putting myself in their place per se, but I I am an actor. And believe me, even in in my small circle of being an actor in Chicago in, in smaller productions, so I'm not trying to hype my... My acting, uh, you know, prominence, I'm very proud of the fact that I was recently nominated for a Jeff Award here in Chicago. Don't get me wrong. But I, but, but the, the actors that I have seen and I've worked with over the last 15 or 20 years, on that scale, I've seen some really, you know, wild people with drama just seems to follow them at that level i can only imagine what takes place with somebody who's an actor on broadway or a hollywood actor where the the intensity and the fame and the pressure and all that stuff so i'm not i'm not condoning it i'm not making excuses for it i just wonder why because i look at myself and i think i lead a fairly normal life I've been married for more than thirty years, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 I seem to 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 be able to to do the work of an actor that's needed to become a character and do all that stuff like they do. But it, I don't. It doesn't seem that I have to take that and and also apply that to my personal life and have the chaos of that. There's no question that it is. Uh, interesting, and, and it's an uh, it's an interesting kind of uh, of a of a of a process to become someone else. In effect, right? But I don't I don't know. I'm I'm able to 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 turn that off and on, and maybe because I wasn't schooled in acting as a young kid, and I wasn't around that. Uh, that kind of 
situation or that drama, that personal drama behind the scenes as a as a young person. I came to acting much later in my life. So I don't know. But so Robert De Niro was doing an interview for his latest project and the reporter doing their their job, their due diligence, you know, brought up Robert De Niro's family life. He's talking about parenthood, how he parents or something. And, you know, did their research, knew that he had six kids and said something to the effect that, well, you know, you've got six kids and when you raise them. And Robert De Niro, surprisingly, Mr. Close to the Vest, Mr. Yes and No Answers, Mr. Not going to give you more information than I have to, historically, to the press in interviews, casually drops a, a huge bomb that becomes worldwide news Robert, out of Robert De Niro's own mouth. That's what was so crazy about Two things interesting about the story, not only the facts of the story, but, but the fact that it came from him himself. Nobody... Nobody scooped him. Nobody, nobody found this out and revealed it without him wanting to know. He volunteered this information. He himself, Mr. Low-Key, Mr. Non-Newsmaking Interview Subject for the last 50 years, turns out to be the key informant in his own bombshell news. The reporter says, well, you have six kids, blah, 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 blah. And Robert De Niro says, casually, it seems, well, it's actually seven. I just had a baby. Wait, wait, what? Wait, you you just you just fathered a you just fathered another child, and it's already been born. Whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down. <laughs> Whatever my next question is, let me let me throw away my 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 pre my my pre interview questions. Wait a minute. Wait, you you just had a you just had a baby with who? You're not married. You're just going through a high profile divorce. Was it a boy or a girl? When was it born? You're 79 years old. You just had a baby. For the next two or three days, huge news all over the internet. Robert De Niro, it, you know, reveals he just fathered a baby. We don't believe he's we with who? No one knew who the woman was. Was he secretly married? Who was this? What? When was the baby born? He just kind of casually dropped this bombshell. And as the days went on, we we started to get a little more information. And apparently, he he has a, he's had a girlfriend for at least a year or so. Uh, maybe maybe initially met her on a movie set several years ago, somewhere down the line. Not sure if he had any kind of behind-the-scenes relationship while he was married, that, that's not um, been revealed. But somebody that he may, maybe met on a film he made several years ago called The Intern. But anyway, 
all of a sudden we've got news that Robert De Niro at age 79 has just fathered a child. And it was big news. Not only, as I said, because Robert De Niro revealed it himself, but then once you get past that shock value, then you start to go, whoa, wait a minute. He's 79 years old. That's almost 80, right? (laughs) And so there's nothing wrong with that on its face, right? I mean, hey. But let's be honest, at 79 years old, to have a child, I was just talking about not in, not, not by, um, not by mistake. (laughs) I was just talking about our 70, almost 75 year old new King of England, who's got his own heir waiting in the wings but at least you know once again charles was in his 30s now he's 75 his son is in his 40s but robert de niro at age 79 fathering a child now uh he seems to be in good health he did announce several years ago he had prostate cancer but apparently he's beaten that, so that's good. And my hope is that, you know, uh, you know, it's nice. I, you know, I, I, I don't have any children, so I don't know what that whole dynamic is or what those feelings are. He's got six kids, but, you know, he's got six kids. Maybe at this time in his life, he just felt he needed a, he wanted to have a kid one more time. I don't know. I, I I don't want to say that it was selfish because I don't think that's the case. Some people have have um, you know accused him of being selfish, like oh you're having this kid at seventy nine, how irresponsible. I, I don't think that's the case. I'm just hoping from from a from a fatherly standpoint that he he's hopefully he will be able to at least see the child grow up to some extent. And that that child will have some memories of him. Because, you know, that's not, that's, you know, to have Robert De Niro as a father, that's, that's pretty cool. That's kind of a lottery win, right? To have a, 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 one of the, one of the greatest actors of all time be your father. So hopefully Robert De Niro, his health is good enough that he will be around another 10 years. Hopefully he lives to 90 and, and he, and he lives a, a healthy, lives to a healthy 90 so that his, his child, his latest child will be able to spend some time and have some memories of, of him. Cause you know, I mean, think back. What is your earliest memory? I, 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 I do believe cause I've seen the pictures I do have memories of when I was like from three years old. We went on a vacation to Florida with my grandparents when I was like three years old. And I have, we have pictures from that. And I do have some faint memories of that. So hopefully, um, you know, but certainly by four or five, 
or six, we start to have real memories, right? You remember first grade, don't you? And things like that. But usually it's around four or five where you start to have some real memories, six. So hopefully, you know, I mean, look, Robert De Niro, he seems to be in good health. But so I, I, I just hope that that um, he's able to to spend time, be be a a present father, and hopefully this child uh, will be able to have some memories. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I don't think Robert De Niro is going to be walking his his child down the aisle when they get married, right? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Not trying to be morbid here, but let's be honest. He's almost 80 years old. You know, uh, yes, more people are living to 100. I just saw Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger, the uh, a very polarizing figure, but certainly one of the uh, the most noteworthy um, diplomats of the 20th century, involved with many presidents uh, here in the United States, including Richard Nixon, a very, a very, can we say, um, infamous relationship certainly their role in vietnam with which he does take a lot of heat in these days as younger people have uh, accused him of being a war criminal but he was a great diplomat a great negotiator and he still and he has what had one of the great great political and political minds of the 20th century, but I just saw he's turning 100 and he was just being interviewed and he's still sharp. You could see he's slowed down and physically he's not in the best of shape and he has a little problem communicating, but you could see in his eyes the thought is there. The brain is still sharp. Physically, he's you know, I mean, he's a hundred, almost a hundred years old, and he and he looks it. But you could see that that brain is still sharp, still thinking, still strategizing. He still is articulate. It's at times hard for him to to express himself, but still, he's not. He's still, you know, you could see he's a, he's an older gentleman here. But when he's answering a question, he answers it with knowledge and with um, with vigor, as much vigor as a 100-year-old person can have. So it, it got me thinking then, Robert De Niro, 79 years old, and it, it just seems as if in the last 20 years or so, more celebrities especially and 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 celebrities once again they they do have a charmed life in that uh their fame and their fortune does allow them to break whatever un, quote unquote unwritten rules that society may have they, most actors and actresses and anyone of 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 major fame and fortune they do kind of live 
out, you know, lives out of the mainstream, bohemian lifestyles. That's always been the case with artists. In today's world, it's more obvious because there is more media scrutiny. And today we're hearing much more information than we ever heard about the real lifestyles of the rich and famous. There used to be a show with, um, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Oh my God, what was his name? Oh, what lifestyles of the rich and famous. What the heck was his name? Australian gent. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he just passed away a couple of years ago. He was on every show. I'll think of it. But, uh, yeah, you know, we, 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 we were, we had some inkling of the, the behind the scenes life of, uh, the rich and famous for years, right? There's always been Hollywood, um, you know, oh, Robin Leach, that's it. Robin, it just came to me now. Robin Leach, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Used to be a TV show, show you the behind the scenes thing. There's always been movie magazines, um, but now, I mean, now it, you don't even you can't really have. I don't even know it, why there's bothers to be a People magazine because celebrities reveal much more about their personal lives than than the, the press could ever do. In this case, as I'm just saying, Robert De Niro dropping this this major bombshell of having a child at age 79. The press didn't know about that. That was kept secret. Robert De Niro, as I said before, he has done an excellent job of keeping his private life private for the most part, of, uh, considering how big of a, the magnitude of a star that he is around the world. We really don't know that much about his personal life until you dig down a little deep. But here he was dropping this bomb himself. That seems to be the now in today's in today's TikTok, you know, social media world, uh, everybody is sharing everything, probably way too much. So we are getting more of an insight uh, and more of an insider's view into just how these celebrities lead their lives. And as I said at the beginning, many times they're very chaotic. And we just go, oh, well, you know, we, they, they get that pass. They get that free pass. But I've noticed in the last 20, 25 years that the idea of late-life parenthood, especially for male celebrities, whether it's actors, rock stars, whatever, uh, anyone of note, authors, artists, um, there, there started a trend, I would say, maybe 20, 25 years ago of, of actors or celebrities in their late to mid-50s or early 60s to suddenly have children. Now, once again, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But as I said, you know, once again, what is in today's world, there is no normal, right? We're, we're, we're trying to erase what is normal, what is accepted. Today's world is whatever you want to do. You, you know, the, the individual 
is now prized over the communal. Every day we are breaking down more communal cultural norms and people are doing what they want. The whole transgender issue. That's why it's causing such an uproar. We've got people, and even at a very young age, deciding that they were born in the wrong body. I mean, that, that you know, that 30, 40 years ago, unheard of. It was happening. It probably was felt by many people, but certainly wasn't given any kind of cultural credibility as it is now. It's almost being encouraged in many ways. Very different. But we have become, as technology and the culture has changed, we are becoming uh, less and less worried about, quote-unquote, normal. There is no normal anymore. There used to be a very stringent and very traditional sense of what was right and what was wrong in terms of behavior and culture and what was accepted and what was not. And we did see that, that that puritanical view of the world wasn't healthy either. And so now we're going to go, we're going through a very liberal-minded, open-minded kind of cultural shift, and it will probably take us another 10 or 20 or 30 years to see if that was correct. My hunch is that it, we will come to the same conclusion as the overly protective and overly uh, dictor- dictatorial kind of right and wrong was not good. It's always in the middle where things seem to work best. However, we always start at one extreme. For some reason, the human animal, I don't know what it is about us, but we do things in extreme. It's that, it's that gratification, that longing for instant or long-term gratification that, that, that keeps us, when once we find something we like, we continue to do it more and more and more, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it, it gets ridiculous, and then we go, whoa, what, that was wrong. And so then we try to correct it in one fell swoop and we go the other direction. And then we learn that that was wrong. And then we start inching back to the middle again until we once again, we stay in the middle for a while, we get that and everything seems to be fine and then we begin to indulge. And then we, and it's a constant If you look at history, it is constant like that. One extreme to the other, we move to the middle, and then we go extreme again, and then extreme on the other side. And it just it that's just human nature, I guess. And we can't we we don't even know what's happening. But I did notice in the last twenty five years or so that uh, that more male celebrities and maybe this has been going on you know once again we just know this because we don't know about you know frank down at you know who lives in uh, in podunk iowa somewhere we don't know what he's doing maybe there maybe maybe there's been 
There's been, you know, men in their 50s and 60s and 70s having babies for the last 70 years. We don't know. Those guys aren't getting the worldwide publicity like the celebrities do. But certainly, um, as I said before, about our society becoming more permissive, that would have been taboo. You know, most people have kids in their 30s and 40s. Maybe you would hear about a guy that was in his 40s. Wow, he's having a kid in his 40s? Whoa, he's going to be 65. You know, or or, or he'll be 70 when the kid is, uh, you know, getting married. Now, this may all also be attached to the fact that people are living longer lives. So while it was incumbent on a man to have a kid you know, I mean, women, I mean, I'm saying, and don't forget, I'm, I'm mentioning this with men because women have a a, 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 a a body clock. Men, obviously, in Robert De Niro's case, men can have, you know, potentially have kids until and, 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 the day they die when they're 100. Women have a finite time. We know that. So this isn't sexist talk here. We know that women have a finite time to have children. They have menopause, and it stops. The ability to have children stops. We know that. But men, that doesn't stop, in theory. And I guess in Robert De Niro's case, in practice. (laughs) But the social taboo of it, the acceptance of that, you know, was not was not there. But we've got we we have made such a cultural shift in the last twenty or thirty years, especially in the last ten or fifteen. But but this has been slowly going on. And as I said before, we we notice it more with celebrity men because they get attention. Now, for all we know, around the country, around the world. Perhaps over the last 40 or 50 years, men in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s have been having kids. Maybe they have been. But it seems that in the public eye, getting the attention, which celebrities tend to get, in the last 20 to 30 years, we've we've been noticing more and more celebrities, men, having kids much, much later in life. And so it's interesting to see the dynamic of that because, as I said before, um, hopefully, given the technology and the treatments and the medical advances that we have had, people are living longer. So somebody now in their mid-50s or even early 60s can say, you know, uh, I'd like to have a kid. Maybe they never had a kid in their lives before. Maybe they've met a, a younger woman. Uh, I never had a kid. Or you know what? I really miss having a child. And especially in these celebrities, in these celebrity situations, you know, uh, they they are they are providing quite a life for a child, right? I mean, most of these people, these celebrities are born in, you know, are, these ch- children will be born into great wealth. So they will have 
a lot of opportunity and live live quite a life. Most of these celebrities are multi multi millionaires, so they certainly will have the advantages. Now we've seen, sadly, that having a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean that a child's life will be perfect. How many times do you see the life of celebrities and the life of of of, of famous or noteworthy people? Um, they have very tragic lives. Many times the children of these celebrities and things, they have very tragic lives. They, they, they either were not parented well, they were, they were given everything they were wanted, but they weren't given a lot of attention or love because their parents were, once again, off, you know, gallivanting. They had great wealth, but that does not necessarily make for a stable life. Look at, we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Look at the royal family. You can't have much more money than the royal family does, and look at how dysfunctional that is. Wow. So I'm not saying that um, wealth provides a great um, a great upbringing. No. It certainly provides the potential for it, but there's no doubt that parenting attention being present in your child's upbringing and development is the key we know that that's the problem for all of our of our of our issues in the world to be honest if people want to talk about it it's it's bad parenting we have a lot of bad parenting going on in the world right now we don't want to admit that but many of our most pressing issues stem from the fact that people have not been doing their job as parents. But it's interesting that many celebrities, celebrity men in their 50s and 60s and 70s now, right? Robert De Niro, almost 80, have decided to have kids, and and nobody's really aghast at it. I remember about maybe 25, 26 years ago, the actor Tony Randall. Remember Tony Randall, one of my favorite actors of all time? Odd Couple did those great, you know, with with Jack Klugman and did uh, those great films with uh, Doris Day and Rock Hudson, like Love Her Come Back and Pillow Talk. I just I, I I just always enjoyed Tony Randall. Saw him perform on stage one time. Interviewed him one time. Was 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 very cool. Always a fan of his. He was seventy five. He was married for many years to his high school sweetheart. She died after they were married for fifty years. When he was seventy five, and this was in the mid nineties. He was 75, and he married a 25-year-old woman. He was in a play. She was working in the crew somewhere. He met her. 50-year, 50-year age difference. Tony Randall. Randy Tony Randall. (laughs) 75 years old, married a 25-year-old woman. And two years after they got married, they had kids. 
In fact, they had two kids. And he lived to be 84. So in theory, you know, his kids were seven or eight. I hope they have some memories of him. But that was at the time in the in the late 90s, that was considered crazy. Tony Randall getting married at 75 and having kids at like 77 or something. That was considered, what the heck is going on? And thankfully, he lived for six or seven years. I hope his kids have some memories of, of him. Just doing the math, his kids now are the age that their mother was when they married Tony Randall. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if Tony Randall started the trend, but I was doing a little research and just some of the the people off the top of my head, and then I, I did a little more research. I remember hearing stories about Pablo Picasso, who was notorious, uh, a notorious ladies' man. Um, and I remember the scandal of him. He had a kid when he was close to 70. Now, that was, you know, in the 50s. So that was crazy because the lifespan of people wasn't that long. So, you know, he was considered this this vagabond, you know, like, oh, my God, almost depraved. Like, how could you have a kid in your, in your when you're almost 70? He was like 68 or 69. He was like, oh, my gosh. And now that's like a spring chicken. <laughs> Robert De Niro, 79 years old. And so I did a little research just seeing some of the, 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 the older fathers, you know, celebrity fathers over the last several years, and there's quite a few. So I, that's, you know, Tony Randall, 75, 76, 77 years old. De Niro, 79. David Letterman was 56. He had just had a heart attack. Maybe that's why he wanted to have a kid. He was 56 when he had his first child. And now apparently his son, Harry, is off to college. Look how fast time goes. Letterman himself now is, what, 74, 75 years old. But he had his son when he was 56, his first kid. Billy Joel had children before, but... He just had a kid a few years ago, and he was sixty-six. But she's now probably about eight years old. He just had a he just had a birthday last month. This month, he's seventy-four. So his child is uh, is eight years old. He was sixty-six. Mick Jagger recently had a kid a couple of years ago. It's probably about four or five now. When he was seventy-three, Jagger's about seventy-eight now, seventy-nine. But he was seventy-three when he had another baby he's got several kids elton john my hero was 60 what 62 and he is very active in fact that's why he's going to retire from touring because he wants to make sure that he spends as much time with his kids he knows that he's an older father and he is certainly doing what he can to give them you know, generational wealth as well as, uh, you know, pleasing his fans and saying goodbye. 
but he's doing it to spend more time with those kids. He knows he's now 76 and his health has been up and down. His kids are like 12 and 10 now. So he's certainly making the concerted effort to make sure that his kids have time with him, that he spends quality time to enrich his own life, to be present for them as a father, and hopefully to leave them with great memories of him. Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones was 68 when he had some kids. Hugh Hefner, who's been dead many years now, but you know, back in the early 90s, he was 65 when he had his, his, his last child. Jeff Goldblum recently, 64 years old, had kids. Larry King, hello. The TV host. He's been dead now for a couple of years. He was 66 when he had kids. The uh, composer, David Foster, Mary Catherine McPhee, 71 years old. He's in the De Niro world there. <laughs> Richard Gere was 69. I believe Warren Beatty waited till he was like 55 till he had his first kids with Annette Benning. So we are seeing this trend of celebrities, men, waiting until at one time their 50s, which was seemed to be crazy, but now as health and longevity, thanks to medical advances, have extended our lives and 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 our quality of life in many ways that's no guarantee for anybody look at bruce willis not even 70 years old already has dementia how sad is that in his mid 60s so there's no guarantees but more men and 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 i guarantee you now when you once as as is with every kind of cultural trend once it's done with celebrities that seems to pave the way for acceptance into the normal culture so it it you you yourself may know somebody maybe you yourself had a child at a at an older age maybe it was your first child maybe you had you had kids when you were 30 and for whatever reason divorce whatever what is and you find yourself at 55 with a younger uh, a younger uh partner and we're also seeing in the, in the case of like with Elton John and his husband David Furnish who's uh, 60 61 years old you know we're seeing gay couples now so obviously gays could not have children 20 or 30 years ago it was almost forbidden but now through surrogacy that can happen, so you may be seeing more older gay men having kids because now we have the medical technology and we have the cultural acceptance. So there's a, a, it's an interesting trend. 
I think if you want to have a kid and you are and you make that important decision, I've said many times, having a child is the most important job anyone will ever have. And if you don't view it that way, then you shouldn't have kids. If you are not prepared to completely give yourself, to wake up in the morning and be the, have the first thought of the day being what is, are my kids safe? If that's not the first thing that comes into your mind when you wake up, if that kind of dedication and love and caring, if you're not capable of that or you do not have that, I don't think you should have children. Because we see what bad parenting does to our society. Many of our biggest problems are because there are people that have not been correctly parented. And they're wreaking havoc. So I don't know if age, thanks to medical science and cultural mores and norms, age doesn't necessarily need to be a barrier of when you have children. Clearly, men are physically able to have children well well into their 70s and 80s and maybe beyond but the key question here is not so much the ages 73 79 75 71 66 62 it's not so much the age in my view it's the commitment. Don't have a child, whether you're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, for the novelty of it. Everybody loves a baby. How could you not love a baby? So you, I, I could understand that. I love kids. I love babies. Whenever I see a baby, I just want to grab it and touch it and play with it and hold it. But the key is, do you want to be a parent? It's easy to get lost in the in the excitement of having a baby and be and, and being around a baby. But when you have that baby, you have to understand that, that, is, that the minute that baby is born, that is a lifetime commitment. It doesn't end at age 17 or 18. That is a lifetime commitment. And if you're not ready to make that lifetime commitment, then be honest with yourself and, 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 and don't have a child because you're not being fair to the child who didn't ask to be born and you're not being fair to yourself either because you're you're you're, you now are entering some that you really weren't prepared for in the long run and even most important you are not being fair to the society as a whole because if you do not do a good job of raising that child odds are and, and we're seeing it today with these shootings and everything and, 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 and the crime running rampant. Uh, 
that you are also affecting your fellow man. Parenthood is not to be taken lightly. So I do hope in all these cases that I mentioned, while they may be older, while they may not be able to spend 40 or 50 years, my parents were older when they had me. By the time I was 42, both my parents had passed away. But I'm grateful that I even had 40 years with them. They saw me grow up. They were involved in my life. They saw me grow up. They saw me begin my career. They saw me get married. I'm grateful for the memories that I had with them. They were present parents. But they were older for that time. My my father was in his mid-30s. My mom was in her early 40s. Back then, that was unheard of. So it's not the age. Now this, as I said, it, it, these, some of these, these fathers in, that become fathers in their 50s and 60s and 70s, once again, the reality is they may not have, they're not going to have 40 years with their kids. Hopefully they'll have 20 years in many cases. 25. So hopefully in those 25 years, they are present, active, loving, caring, involved parents who are doing their job as parents, providing for their parents, not only financially, but emotionally, and putting in the time. It's an interesting trend. Going into it, they know that they won't see their child, you know, they won't be alive to see their child into old age. But hopefully, these, this is not just some whim. Hopefully, if more people, if men are having children later in their lives, for whatever reason, hopefully, even at that later age, it's not always easy because when you're older, your, your health is going to break down and you might not have the same energy. I just said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, William and Kate couldn't even corral their kids to get to the coronation on time. Parenthood takes energy. That's one reason why people have kids when they're young, because, so they have the energy to, to, to do it. But hopefully... If this trend continues with men having kids in their, in their later life, they're doing so for the right reasons, not just for something to do or to have a, a baby around the house. Oh, interesting. Hopefully they will be committed parents. There's nothing wrong with age. As long as you know, you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s, 70, yeah. but the age factor comes into play. You, if you're older, no problem, fantastic. If you have the means and you have the, and you have the will to do it and you have the capability to do it, nothing wrong with that. But there's another factor that's the most important, the commitment. The commitment to having a child, the commitment to being 
a good parent. So more power to Robert De Niro. I hope you, I, I, I hope you have a good 10 or 15 years left in your life. And I hope that you spend your life not only with your other six kids, enjoying them, but also being active in this new one. Because that new one needs and wants a father, even if they won't be there when they're 40 or 30. But we all know the importance of of parenting at the beginning of a child's life. And that you can provide, no matter how old you are, based on your health. So if you're in your 50s, in your, in your 60s, or in your 70s, and you say, in, in Robert De Niro's case, almost 80, if you decide to have a kid, great. If you're able to do it, given the circumstance of your life, fantastic. But don't just do it because it's fun or interesting. Do it so that that child has a chance to lead a good life. Give your child more than, 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 than luxury and, and, and fortune. Because you know what's worth more than luxury and fortune? A parent's time. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anyone who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. And my gosh, it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 364. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. From the end of the web to your screen.